1: Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your podcasts. My name is John Boccasino, being joined by my colleague and co-host, Jamie D'Amico. We are getting you ready for Buffalo's Week 17 matchup. Hard to believe the regular season is almost over with, but the Buffalo Bills are not done playing football. When the calendar turns to January, the Bills will, of course, be in the playoffs, most likely taking on the Houston Texans. The Bills are 10-5 and on the year, coming off another disappointing loss to the New England Patriots on the national stage. We covered that game pretty extensively in our last podcast. Here we are getting you ready for Week 17, which, Jamie, it's good to have you on the podcast as always, and it's good to know that this game legitimately means nothing. It means nothing
2: in a good way, right? It means it means nothing in a good way. We've seen so many week 17 games through the years that meant nothing for the same reason they pretty much meant nothing in week 9 of the season, which is that Buffalo was very obviously out of it and this game doesn't matter, win or lose. The Bills are going in as the five seed, and I have no qualms with that. Let's sit some starters, baby.
1: It's great, Jamie, for this game to mean nothing in a good way. For so long during the 17-year playoff drought, this game would be Buffalo has a chance to get to 500 at best, or Buffalo has a chance to get a top 10 draft pick as the outcome. And it's just going to be I, – I, I'm excited. I love going to the Bills games. News news flash, breaking news. I love going to Buffalo Bills home games. This game on Sunday is going to be so much fun for the reason that it's just going to be a party atmosphere. You know, I know there's some people that are going to want to see, and we'll, we'll talk about some of the goals for the game and what Buffalo can hope to accomplish, but it does not matter whether Buffalo wins or loses. We're going to see most likely the Matt Barkley Bowl against the New York Jets, and we all recall the last time that Barkley was under center against the Jets when he lit them up for 41 points in his coming out party uh, last year in November. And it's just going to be so much fun to really get to celebrate this team and the fact that they're going to the playoffs for the second time in three years. Because unless there's a monumental upset at the top part of the bracket, Sunday is going to be the last chance for Bills fans to celebrate and champion this team uh, in 2019 at home.
2: Being that this team really exceeded expectations, this is the last time we're going to see them at at the new era field here in 2019. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for people to get out and sort of give a tribute to the team. And you know that the Bills players are really, they're always impressed with our community of fans. They love the Bills Mafia. And I think that they're going to try to give something back to and it's a it's a good relationship that we've got going on with the team, us as fans, and it, it's it's going to be it's going to be a good time. You're going to see a whole lot of relaxed faces in the crowd and on the sidelines, because like we said, it doesn't matter. Hey, you know what? Maybe maybe they should just hand the Jets a win, huh? No, they shouldn't do
1: that. No, no, no. You never want to give a, a fellow divisional rival a chance to build some confidence, and the Jets. Have definitely become a little bit more of a confident bunch with Sam Darnold and Adam Gase. Uh, the Jets picked up a huge win on Sunday, derailing the Steelers' playoff hopes with a 16 to 10 victory to get to six and nine on the year. Before we get to the actual physical opponent that the Jets are going to have or the Bills are going to have in facing the Jets, I do want to go back real quick. I mentioned it earlier, it's not a done deal that the Bills are going to play the Texans um, in the, the wild card. It's looking likely, and I don't want to confuse our fans too much, but here's the scenarios that I just dug up on buffalonews.com. The Chiefs picked up a victory on Monday Night Football to get to 11-4, meaning they currently have a one-game lead over the Texans in that race to get to the 3 or the 4 seed. Of course, the Ravens have the one wrapped up and have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and the Patriots are locked into that two seed. If Houston and Kansas City finish with the same record, the Texans would get the three seed because they beat Kansas City 31-24 to back in week six. However, Kansas City again has that one-game lead, and they have the Los Angeles Chargers coming up in their finale. <clears throat> the Chargers have nothing to play for. They got rolled over by the Raiders in their final home game at their 27,000-person stadium out in Carson City, California. very disappointing performance for the Chargers, while the Texans have the Tennessee Titans remaining, who are still vying for that sixth seed in the playoffs. So the road is trickier for Houston to get a win, and Kansas City, I just think, is on a roll right now. I don't see the Chiefs Losing to the Chargers, especially at home, and I think the Texans could easily lose that game to Tennessee. So I, I feel pretty good about Buffalo having to face Houston. And uh, I again, I would much rather see the Texans than the Chiefs any day of the week in that wild card round. Kansas City is really rounding into form.
2: I was going to ask who your preference was going to be, and frankly, that offense of Kansas City's just scares the bejesus out of me. It's they have so many weapons they can they can. They can hurt you in so many ways. They can score from anywhere on the field. I just I, I don't want to see them in the first round. Frankly, the first round of the playoffs to me is going to be kind of like to me, it's going to be my Super Bowl. If the Bills win that, I'm going to be ecstatic. I don't foresee them winning in in the second round of the playoffs because I just don't think that Buffalo is quite ready for primetime yet. They they've shown that they can't quite beat the big boys. Now, maybe they'll surprise us, but in the game against the the Ravens, the two against the Patriots, they kept it close. They didn't quite get there. I don't know that they play a clean enough game yet to put them in the same category as those teams, but you know, all at the same time, it's why you play the game.
1: And we're here on Believe getting you ready for the Week Seventeen matchup. But no, Jamie, you're—I mean—you're right in a sense that I don't know if you know Buffalo has shown that they've taken that next step. Uh, the Bills haven't recorded. I mean, the signature wins for this year were in Pittsburgh on Sunday Night Football and a trouncing in Dallas on Thanksgiving before a national audience. And those are all great wins. That trust me, those are awesome wins. You know, those are wins that we were worried about because. You know, Dallas has been underachieving, but they've had marquee players and Pittsburgh is never a fun place to play. They have a great physical defense. I will say, and we mentioned it in the recap podcast, there's no such thing as a moral victory for these Bills teams. But what there is, is the confidence that can be gained from seeing how well your team performs in adverse circumstances and traveling to Foxborough on a primetime Saturday afternoon game and going toe to toe with Tom Brady. Uh, and, And the Patriots, there's a lot to be taken away from that, knowing that you can slow. I mean, and the Bills did not play a perfect game at all. I mean, they let the Patriots run the ball down their throats. They had troubles with the pass protection. They had troubles opening up the running game. And yet still the Bills were there in that final possession with a chance to tie the game. So I think that Sean McDermott's team should be confident. I think they should feel good about their chances of going head to head with almost anybody Uh, in the playoffs uh, moving forward, even the Ravens. I mean, the bills were right there with Lamar Jackson and they, they're the team that to me has given the Ravens the most fits. I think this year, the Browns did beat them back in week four, which then prompted Baltimore to go on a, a 12 game winning streak, which has been absolutely insane uh, to, to close out their regular season. But I think there's a lot for the bills fans to be optimistic about. And I think again, if it's Houston in the first round that the Bills are going to see, that to me is a team that I want Buffalo to face because the Texans' defense does not scare me. Kansas City's defense has really been coming along nicely, and they just added Terrell Suggs. They've held back-to-back teams to three points uh, with that defense of Steve Spagnolo. So really, Kansas City is, is a firing on all cylinders right now, whereas Houston seems to be Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, and then what? You know, J.J. Watt's out for the year. That defense doesn't scare me. They give up a lot of passing touchdowns. They're vulnerable against the run. So, of course, I would definitely much rather see Houston than Kansas City. I'm assuming, Jamie, the answer is the same for you when it comes to a wild card game. Yeah, it is. I
2: see the Bills and the Texans being very similar teams in, in a lot of different ways, um, namely being that they they can be inconsistent. And we've, we've seen that from Buffalo while they have a decent record. Throughout the games, you see some inconsistent play. Um, the Bills with Josh Allen occasionally on defense and more so on defense with Houston. Um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, I've said it before, he, he scares the hell out of me because, I mean, he's really the class of wide receivers out there. The guy is just amazing. He doesn't have blazing speed, but he has strong hands. He catches everything. He's a big guy. He runs great routes. He's is virtually uncoverable, so I'm glad that the Bills have Trey White playing as well as he is right now. That they can lock up on him. But they still have, you know, other big, re- big-bodied receivers on that team like Kenny Stills, which we've seen give the likes of Levi Wallace and Kevin Johnson a a, a fit at times because they're smaller-bodied corners. So we'll see where where that's going to take us if they do match up, but. I I like our chances better
1: against Houston than really any of the other division winners. If you've enjoyed this little breakdown of the X's and O's of the Bills and the Texans, I can guarantee you it's just a snippet of what is to come for our playoff preview podcast, which will, of course, appear early in the new year.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge...
1: Here we are on Believe, getting you ready for week 17. The Bills once again have a meaningless game against the New York Jets. The Jets are six and nine on the year. The Bills are 10 and five. And Jamie, when it comes, we haven't been in this scenario before to ask the question because while the Bills made the playoffs uh, in McDermott's first year, They had to have a whole slew of circumstances play their way, including the infamous Andy Dalton to Tyler Boyd fourth and 12 touchdown play that helped the uh, Bengals beat the Ravens and push the Bills in as the sixth seed. This is the first time in McDermott's young career we can ask the following question Should Sean McDermott what should he do with his starters in Week 17? Should he rest the starters, or should he play some play them for a little bit? What are your thoughts on that topic?
2: That's a tough one. We've seen it go both ways where starters go in the game. This happened to the Patriots a few years ago. Last game of the season, meaningless Wes Welker goes down with an injury. Not what you want. So do I want them to get on the field? Maybe a little bit, but there's certain key players. You just deactivate them. I don't want to see Mitch Morris on the field they have yet to decide whether or not he's going to play, but I I don't want to see Mitch Morris on the field. Just sit down, take the day off. Josh Allen, mm, he probably needs to play about a quarter because we don't know what sort of Josh Allen we're going to get if he's a little bit rusty. He's a guy I want to see him make a few good passes and then sit him down on the bench. Devin Singletary, he's tough. Don't mind him being out there. Some of the defenders? Matt Milano, please sit him down. Um I, I don't want to see a 300-pound lineman landing on him. Um some of the key defenders, Trey White, get him out of the game. That's it the game doesn't mean anything. So let let's sit down some of the better players and also let's get some experience for the guys that have been riding the vent the bench quite a bit, you know. Let's uh let's see some of those inactives in the active lineup a little bit more. Hey, maybe we'll see Tommy Sweeney again. Wouldn't that be cool?
1: You know, I would love it if some of the guys who have been riding the pine get some playing time on Sunday. As we're sitting here recording the podcast, Sean McDermott has of course not come out and laid out his plans yet for what the team will be doing. Uh, A quote from earlier in the week was, Yeah, no, we'll talk about it. McDermott said, Brandon Bean, the general manager, and I will sit down and talk about it, make sure we do what's right for the team, which, of course, you expect the coach and GM to say, you know, they're being as vague as possible. They don't want to give the Jets any clues yet as to what they're going to do with their starters. But the players seem to have a different attitude towards it, which, again, is not unexpected. Veteran linebacker Lorenzo Alexander said, at the end of the day, you want to still be going into the playoffs sharp and not rusty by taking a complete week off. You want to have some rhythm. And Jordan Phillips, who got snubbed from the Pro Bowl as having a career season as a defensive tackle, said, I hope we all go out there and play and put on a statement on this season. Then we'll get into the playoffs and hopefully have some momentum going into the playoffs. Get everybody rolling. Get everybody's confidence high. So, of course, Jamie, you're not surprised that the players want to go out there and play. And you're not surprised that the coach is being vague and discreet with his plans for week 17. I think the most competent play for Sean McDermott and the bills is to treat this as the third or fourth preseason game. Go out there. You know what? I don't want to see Josh Allen get hurt any more than anybody else, but he does. You're right. I think he does need some snaps and some repetition against meaningful competition. And the jets are going to be trying to win this game. One would think. So I would say Josh Allen plays for a quarter. I'd say Devin Singletary maybe gets a couple of touches. But then let's get Frank Gore his touches. And Frank Gore is coming off a game he wants to forget where, you know, for the first time in his illustrious 15-year career, Gore did not have a single carry in a game where he was active. Uh, He was held without a single rushing attempt versus New England. So I say get Singletary a couple of carries, maybe a couple passes out of the backfield and then run Frank Gore and make TJ Yeldon active. I think TJ Yeldon has been a lost man in, in the breakout season of Devin Singletary, where now Yeldon has not been able to see the field much. Get him out there, get him some snaps. You know, the offensive line, I don't want Mitch Morris out there under any circumstances, but one person I would be curious if they could get him some reps is Ty and Shecky, who has been missing for the last five weeks now. I think Ty and Shecky is the one guy who, who I really want to see something from on Sunday if he is declared healthy from that ankle injury because I want him seeing repetitions before the playoffs. I don't want him going in cold against a Texans front four that will try to get after the quarterback. I want Nsheki to get some reps in Week 17. Hopefully we get some clarity, and hopefully he's able to be on the field on Sunday. I think that's
2: an excellent observation. He's a guy who, even before the season, I was really high on. Living in D.C., getting to see some of their games last year, he was. I thought he was excellent. I assumed that he was going to be a starter even after Cody Ford was selected. And while he wasn't necessarily having his name announced with the lineup in uh, in the beginning of the season, he was getting a lot of playing time. And in fact, he was playing sometimes more than 50% of the snaps at right tackle. I think you're 100% correct. If you can get him on the field and running around a little bit, I think that's going to be great because they are a better offensive line when he's on the field. So yeah, if he can get him some reps.
1: Now with the jets coming to town, Jamie, we've talked about uh, Matt Barkley most likely we'll see the lion's share of the snaps at quarterback. You would think I would expect a healthy dose of Robert Foster, Andre Roberts, and maybe Duke Williams gets activated for this game at the wide receiver core. You know, you'll probably expect to see a lot of Tommy Sweeney, maybe some Tyler Croft at tight end. They'll mix and match with the offensive line based on who's healthy. But there's also some intriguing possibilities on the defensive side of things. We could see a lot more of Corey Liggett uh, replacing Star LaTouille. You know, maybe Daryl Johnson gets some reps over Trent Murphy. I want Jerry Hughes to be well-rested for the playoffs as well, so probably you get a healthy dose of Shaq Lawson out there on the right defensive end. Just get the veterans some rest. Uh, because there's nothing to to gain from risking them being out there and getting injured in a game that just does not mean anything. The Jets, on the other hand, Jamie, are coming in with some momentum. They're finally seeming to play some good football. They posted a signature win, I think, um, in beating the New York, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, rather, 16 to 10. The Steelers had everything to play for, and the Jets only had pride to play for. And yet, the Jets picked off both Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph two times apiece. Uh, to derail their playoff hopes, and Sam Darnold is somebody who has been much maligned, um, kind of like Josh Allen earlier in the day, earlier in the year. But Darnold really has been coming along over the last couple of games. Um, he's had some good touch on his deep throws, and he he did pretty well against a turnover minded Steelers team that leads the league in takeaways. He didn't throw a single interception. What do you think the Jets are going to try to do with both Darnold and uh, Le'Veon Bell, who has also had a really disappointing season so far for the Jets? They're
2: going to try to go back to the formula that they used with Pittsburgh, which is to win ugly. They have so many injuries on that team that it's, well, it, it, it's incredible that they're even able to field a team at this point. They're grabbing guys off the street and putting them into the starting lineup. Um, we have an offensive line on the jets which only has one person in the lineup who figured to be a starter back in training camp because everybody else is hurt. They have traded players away like Leonard Williams. They're really playing with they're really playing with half a deck right now. Yet somehow Adam Gase is getting these guys to play. So I think the Jets are going to try to come out and make the game ugly like they did against Pittsburgh, like Pittsburgh did against Buffalo. But that's the kind of game that the Bills seem to relish in. The Bills don't win pretty. Okay, they won pretty in Dallas, but the rest of the games, they, they like getting down in the mud and fighting a bit. And that's what the Jets are going to try to do once again. They're going to try to keep the ball out of the hands of the Bills offense by running the ball with Le'Veon Bell as much as they can. Uh, They're going to try to limit the mistakes that they make on offense. Sam Darnold was told this past week that all of his drives had to end with a kick, either kicking an extra point, kicking a field goal, or punting. Those are the only three acceptable outcomes, Adam Gase told Sam Darnold. And to his credit, that's what he did. There there were no turnovers, and that's what's going to keep the Jets in the game If they want to win this one, I don't think that they're a team at this point that's trying to lose. They've won six games at this point. So, you know, they're not going to position themselves for a top five pick with a loss here. So, you know, they're looking right about now, they're looking at about the 10th overall pick in the draft. So at that point, you might as well try to give yourself some momentum going into the offseason. And I'm sure that's what they're going to do try to get themselves some momentum to feel good coming into next year's training camp and a win against the bills would be to them. I think a very big deal because this is a playoff team. Okay. Did you catch that? I said, the bills are a playoff team. That felt weird. Anyway, that sounds so good. Oh, but it sounds
1: so good. It does.
2: Doesn't it? (laughs) And, but that's exactly where the Jets are coming from. They want to be the spoiler. They they want to leave the Bills limping into the playoffs, beat up and you know, questioning their confidence. So, Jets, bring it on, guys. Hope you can beat our backups.
1: Yeah, I I think that what's going to be really fun to watch, Jamie, is what whatever the Bills do with um with their offensive game plan. And again, I'm sure Matt Barkley will see the lion's share of snaps. At quarterback, But it's going to be interesting to see how much Buffalo does try to get their lesser-known receivers, per se, into this contest. Because one of the st- the Jets' uh, strengths on defense, and they did have two takeaways and four sacks in Week 16, is led by Jamal Adams and Marcus May, two of their solid safeties, and cornerback Brian Poole, um, this defense has been taking away the passing game. So I want to see, Matt Barkley, what his game plan is to try to attack – you know, maybe downfield with a Robert Foster, with an Andre Roberts, with their tight end crew. Maybe you can see more Tyler Croft out there instead of Dawson Knox. But the Jets are gonna try to, you're right, they're gonna try to play ugly, they're gonna try to win ugly. And I could easily see this game being the first one to twenty or even the first one to seventeen. Remember the first matchup for these teams, the Bills had to pull out that 17 to 16 squeaker at the Meadowlands in Week 1. So this is not going to be a high-scoring affair under any circumstances. So I don't know. To me, Jamie, I just the, the biggest thing is can the Bills emerge from this game healthy, relatively you know, healthy, no injuries, and get some continuity for the offensive line again, um, have Ty and Shecky get out there and get some more snaps, and really just get some rest for the veterans uh, heading into the playoff stretch run out here. I know this game is dangerous to try to predict because – it has no impact whatsoever on the Bills. But if you had to, what are you thinking of a score prediction for uh, for Sunday?
2: You're right. It's very difficult to predict because you don't know what players are going to be on the field for Buffalo. So I don't know if I had to predict, um, maybe it would be 17-13 Buffalo.
1: I like it. The Bills getting to 11-5 and five with the victory. I would like to think Buffalo wins this game. Um, I think the Bills have the better defense, even if their backups are in for the bulk of the time. I think the Bills still have the better defense. I just don't know how much. These are pros. They want to win every time they line up on the field, but I could easily see Buffalo dropping this game, Um, but I'm going to go with a win because they're the Jets, and uh, Buffalo seems to have their number especially at a, at home games. So I'll say Buffalo prevails. Man, I like your 17-13 score. I'm not going to copy it, but I will go Bills win 20 to 10. Well, Jamie, before we close off the podcast for the year, when we did our preseason predictions, we both predicted the Bills would make the playoffs and we both predicted that this game would have implications, meaning Buffalo would need to win to punch that playoff ticket. That's not the case. The Bills got the playoff berth clinched in Week 15 thanks to their victory over the Steelers. What this sets us up for a conversation about, and we'll talk about it real quickly here and do more in-depth, obviously, in the offseason, the schedule for 2020 has almost been finalized. And I got to tell you, Jamie, it is a lot harder being a second-place team in the AFC East this year than it was being a third-place team In the division last year, Buffalo has a murderer's row of opponents. Besides facing the Patriots, Jets, and Dolphins twice, the Bills get the second-place teams in the AFC, which right now are the Kansas City Chiefs, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and most likely the Tennessee Titans, if not the Titans, the Indianapolis Colts would claim that number two seed. So there you have three playoff-caliber teams, In the Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Titans. And oh, by the way, you sprinkle in the NFC West into the equation with the Seahawks, the Niners, the Cardinals, and the Rams. And the AFC West with the Broncos and Chargers and Chiefs and Las Vegas Raiders out there as well. This schedule is going to be really, really tough on paper, Jamie, uh, for the Bills heading into 2020.
2: Don't be surprised if the Bills take a step back in record, even if their play overall takes a step forward. And naturally, we're going to get into this more. But yeah, when we were talking about that, before the podcast began it was a real eye opener to me because they haven't had a schedule like that in so many years when when is the last time the bills finished higher than third in the division okay it was 2 years ago but we're not used to seeing that kind of schedule and wow playing the NFC west that's just that that's murderous those are three teams that could absolutely go to the super bowl and The uh, Cardinals are getting better. I'm just not looking forward to playing those teams, especially on the road.
1: It's definitely a step up in competition, a step up in schedule. I will say the good news is, uh, you know, for for Bills fans who have been clamoring for a while that the home schedule has lacked firepower, you are going to get your wish in 2020 with the Chiefs. The Steelers, the Seahawks, the Rams amongst the non-divisional opponents coming to New Era Field. It's a really difficult schedule. Well, we'll have plenty of time to dive into the Bills' schedule for 2020 uh, coming up on a future podcast. But for now, that'll do it here on our preview podcast of Week 17. Of course, you can come back and check out our thoughts after the Week 17 game, and will also be the place to come for the playoff preview as the Bills get ready for their wild card showdown in the first weekend of January. For my colleague Jamie D'Amico, I am John Bacchusino signing off on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast.
3: More to do,s less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder.